Hey guys, and welcome to the first of the features we're calling Convince Me. This is where we speak to a special guest who loves to travel and who has a special passion they think the whole world needs to be convinced about. Today, it's all about sustainability, the word on everyone's lips right now. If we're not talking about it, we're thinking about it. But are we actually willing to make the changes to the way we live if it helps the planet? Do we even think about it when we're traveling? Our guest is legendary explorer, environmental activist, and documentary filmmaker Celine Cousteau. Celine works with the Treadright Foundation and Contiki Cares to protect the communities we all love to visit, the wildlife, and the planet. She's here to convince us that we should all make travel matter. Welcome to the podcast, Celine. Thank you, David. How are you today? I'm doing really well, thank you. Where are you calling from? I'm in New York, upstate. Oh, okay, awesome. Well, I mean, I literally had to take a breath in between all your job titles. Please, let's not compare <laughs> resumes. Let's just not. <laughs> I, I sometimes have a hard time defining what I do because I do a bit of everything, but it's all focused on one message, uh, reconnecting people to themselves and to the environment. I mean, it sounds ace to me, 100%. Can you tell me just a little bit more about what makes you a sustainability ambassador? Well, first of all, I think the word sustainability should be seen in a more holistic way than perhaps a lot of people think about it. Um, sustainability isn't just about balance and environment. It's also balance and self mm -hmm. um, and our relationship with that environment. So as sustainability ambassador, I basically help advise the Treadwright Foundation on which projects to support as part of their work as the foundation for the Travel Corporation. And then I'm also their spokesperson. So when we want to share the message with a greater audience, talk to their travelers or even internal messaging, a lot of it goes through me. All right. So I consider myself eco-conscious. I, I do care about sustainability in my everyday life. I definitely use reusable grocery bags. I avoid like single plastics as much, as much as I can, you know, especially like single use water bottles. I used to be a very, very big sinner when it came to that. So I definitely try to keep stay conscious about it. But when I know when it comes to traveling or being on vacation, I have to admit I'm not the most mindful there. Like it literally just kind of escapes me. Why do you think it's so important that we keep our sustainability ethics when we travel? Well, sustainability ethics isn't just local. It's about a mindset. It's about consciousness. And so you have to take those ethics with you. Um, it's about taking something as simple as you know, a water bottle and filter, depending on what country you go to. Mm -hmm. You can take bamboo fork, knife, spoon, and a straw if you really want to drink out of a straw. Uh, chopsticks are always great. And a coffee mug. I think the idea of, of being sustainable, the idea of being environmentally minded is about a way of thinking of yourself in the world and how you behave. Yeah, like to lessen your you... carbon footprint. So how can you lessen that carbon footprint and yet not deny that when you have experiences in the world, it forever changes your perspective on your own place in the world. So what can we do to make travel matter? Like as, as a general as that question is, like what can we do? First of all, um, you know, be thoughtful when you're traveling in terms of your impact. Don't leave your good habits behind. And if you don't have those good habits, yeah, good time to start. <laughs> Research, make um, some good habits, make good choices. <laughs> all the information's out there. You know, I, I, I think now we have no more excuse for saying I didn't know. It's true. Um, take your bits with you, your yeah. water bottle, your, uh, your cutlery, your coffee mug, whatever you need to do. And if you're worried about the water, I was in India, I boiled the water and then I... Uh, took a UV filter, and that's what I drank the entire time I was there. I highly advocate being safe above everything, right? Yeah. But I would say take your habits with you would be one. Two, really choose who you travel with. There are companies that are doing it better, and I really feel like right now we should be supporting those companies. 
if you have the opportunity and the time, if, if those travel companies don't actually support local initiatives or don't already bring you to an initiative, then look for what it is that you can do as an addition to your existing itinerary. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think everybody's going to want to volunteer their time, but what about making a donation to a local organization? Or what about looking at what's happening in that country and, and donating to an organization that supports a project? Mm-hmm. I think there's just so many ways to do it. And above and beyond all, be respectful. Be respectful of the people, of the land, of the animals. Um, everything you encounter has a life when before you got there and afterwards. And I think we need to enter softly. There we go. I mean, like literally those are things that everyone can start applying like today. Like you said, it's so much information is out there. Everyone should be well read to know yeah, that. And I feel th- like I feel like knowledge is power. Definitely. In the situation for sure. You've also worked on some like amazing projects highlighting how travel and tourism can have a negative effect, especially on wildlife. Now, you recently worked on one in India, correct? Yes. Oh, yeah. It was absolutely amazing. We we went to Wildlife SOS, which is one of the organizations that we support. And we did a short film with some social media influencers. I mean, first of all, to be there firsthand and see how the elephants are being rehabilitated, to help bathe them and feed them, to watch how the vet is taking care of their wounds. And then to see the human beings that are there taking care of them, who previously had been essentially their trainers and had been using bullwhips and hooks, are now the ones bathing them and making sure they're safe. And so it's a rehabilitation, not just of animals, but of people. Yeah, and that's one of the popular things that tourists definitely like to do when they visit places like India. I mean, I will 100% admit, and I feel very bad about it, when I went to Thailand, I was one of those people that rode an elephant. I... We'll never do it again, especially after like finding out about the, the trauma that Ags actually inflicted on the elephants. Can you describe what those elephants go through from being taken from the wild and forced to learn to carry people on their backs? Sure. Well, first of all, I want to commend you for just admitting that publicly. I think more people should because we are flawed as human beings. And I think part of shifting is just education and understanding I get it. It's tempting to ride an elephant. It looks really fun. It's just not their natural behavior or habitat. They call it breaking the spirit. Um, And essentially, they take a wild elephant, preferably young, so that it's uh, more easily trainable, and they just beat the spirit out of it. Um, I don't know how else to describe it. You know, they, they chain the elephant up. They discourage social interactions. So elephants who are very social beings, you'll see them, you know, sort of using their trunk and rubbing on each other and having conversations, for lack of a better word, Mm -hmm. Um, they discourage all of that so that these uh, animals then become very isolated and uh, very contra nature so that they are more easily trained. You know, it's tough to see. At the same time, I want to encourage people who have had interactions like you have to use that to the benefit of change and tell those stories and and how it made you feel to then understand what that was all about and, and, you know, what that creates in yourself now. You've also worked on a Treadite project in Jordan. You visited the Iraq Almir Women's Cooperative, correct? Yeah, and that was actually, I mean, it's beautiful. It's just, you have these uh, communities of women who have either not been married or whose husbands have died, and they find themselves in a society that doesn't value them. And this was an opportunity for them to create something that brings them energy, it brings them income, it brings them self-worth and value. And they are seen by the society now as contributing members. Um, and they're happy and they're beautiful and um, they're so appreciative of being able to be useful and having something that they are be able to do to contribute to society, essentially. And then to have visitors come and actually appreciate it. There's a lot of pride there. 
Now, you mentioned that there's not that many like job opportunities in the area. Are, is that because of like the pressures from their own family or is it just they're just not readily available? Or are they just not able to like it's not legal. There's not illegal for them to work. No, it's not illegal for them to work. It's just much more traditional and part of the culture that the man is the um, income bearer mm-hmm. um, and women without husbands or without um, brothers or fathers, perhaps um, have less opportunities. Do you have any upcoming projects that you can share with us? I am wrapping up um, a very long project called Tribes on the Edge. Okay. It's a film and impact campaign, which started at the request of the indigenous tribes of the Javari territory in the Brazilian Amazon. Oh, wow. To tell the world their story. They want the world to know that they exist and they want to live. The film will start screening at festivals and private screenings in April. Uh, the impact campaign uh, includes education, communication, and action. All that's on the website. Um, and that's just one project. I have quite a few more, but I'll... <laughs> <laughs> too many to list. Started. Too many to list. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely sounds like you are hitting the ground running. You have a lot of things in your pot, which is really, really good. What made you want to work with Treadright? I think they're doing an awesome job, first of all. I, I really believe in what they do. Um, they wanted to create an authentic landscape on which they could speak about what they were doing before they actually talked about it. So where can people find more information about you and see what you're up to? They can go to my website, selinecousteau.com. It will lead them to many avenues of my work, including causecentric.org, tribesontheedge.com, and then my socials. Um, I have to admit that I spent more time doing the work than talking about the work. So not everything's fully updated, but it's relevant. Awesome. Thank you very much. It was great talking to you, Celine. Thank you so much. And like, I saw your YouTube videos and amazing, amazing work you've inspired. Oh, thank you, David. Well, this was a pleasure. And um, I certainly hope people will take some inspiration away from this and, and feel empowered to do something. Well, that's definitely convinced me. Thanks to Celine and her work as a Treadright and Contiki Cares ambassador. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do rate, share, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. That's all for me, David Calderon. I'll see you next time.